0: Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have reviews of X-Men Demon Days 1 from Marvel Comics and Berserker 1 from Boom Studios. Your creative team on X-Men Demon Days is art and story by Peach Momoko, letters by Ariana Maurer, I'm sorry, Maurer, and the English adaptation was done by Zach Davidson. Your creative team on Berserker is keanu reeves and matt kent writer rod garney on art bill crabtree on colors and clem robbins on letters this is your spoiler alert for both x-men demon days one and berserkers this is matt and i'm joined by constructing comics co-host noah hey there so uh noah, as we normally do let's do the uh the brief thoughts on each book and then we'll do the the deep dive and we'll we'll dump into uh demon days one
1: I love Demon Days one, and I'm really excited to talk about it because it's it's very different than what we normally talk about on this podcast. And um, I I like Berserker well enough, but not to the point where I'm like really super jazzed about where the story is going or anything like that. I wasn't too intrigued, I guess, after it ended. Like I wasn't like, "Whoa, where's this going?" You know, I I just sort of like kind of. closed it and i was like well that's a comic and then like threw it in the pile (laughs) but what are your thoughts
0: uh well it's uh we we seem to once again sort of be in agreement i uh i enjoyed uh demon days um it certainly did some things that we we sort of know from the marvel universe but put different spins on them yeah i enjoyed berserker as a comic book as you said but i found it to be incredibly unoriginal.
1: Yeah, very derivative. We'll talk I, I, about that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll save, we'll save that. But there are so many things that I was <sighs> just like, what, I. But uh, we we need to we need to start on Demon Days before we, we go to Berserker. So this is sort of yeah,
1: we'll get to it.
0: <laughs> this is sort of the I guess the first big book for Peach Momoko, Um You know, to. Uh, darling of sort of making covers and stuff like that but this was a great uh great uh, first effort i believe and uh, i i enjoyed it a lot it certainly doesn't look like anything you would expect from from a normal marvel comic
1: no and i think that's the strengths is that it's um it's it's definitely just like i was sort of going into it thinking maybe that she would be doing one style or another but it's it i don't know i'm sorry i don't know peach's gender i guess Uh, just peach I I thought peach would be going in doing only one style from the beginning and then it's it's clearly the I'm I'm just so happy to be introduced to someone's very unique style like it's it's not one you can't really pin it down in like one genre it's it's you can tell it's very uh, original and authentic to peach um, the artist and that that's that's what I loved the most about it and I'm I really hope we get more like this in the future.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I wasn't sure about the uh, the gender. I, I think I I said her earlier, but uh, I'm, I'm generally unsure as as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what was great was we sort of we start off with this this first page, which is you know very sort of old Asian type of art, and then we move into sort of almost a more sort of american style comics so that's I, I think that's what you were going with like with all the different different styles you know and we do have a lot of s- standard sort of square panel pages but then we you know when the action sort of springs we 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 change to you know diagonal panels and, and it moves along really fast yeah
1: it feels almost like and i know you're not as big into the sort of like studio ghibli films but it feels at times to have that energy and framing of something like you would get out of princess Mononoke or I know you've seen like Porco Rosso and and things like that, like that, that's sort of, this book has that kind of feel to it, but not in a derivative sense or anything, but just sort of captures that storytelling spirit and that energy in a comic. Um, And I've read some stuff by like Miyazaki, his, some of his manga Mm -hmm. and it feels a lot, an awful lot like that as well, where it's just this, wonderful visual storytelling you know there's as much as being told in the silent panels as it is is the the panels with words and uh it's it's yeah it's it's a really like it would be a it would be a comic kind of like we did with the silent issue of gi joe it would be a comic that we could go page by page and break down how well done each page is um compositionally and dramatically
0: yeah, and I think one thing that's interesting is is this is, you know, very much has an Asian influence, but this could very easily you could very easily swap out the uh, you know, the samurai for for a, you know, a cowboy who sort of drifts into town, takes care of the the town's problem yeah. and then and then moves on. So it's, you know, it's a very universal story, but it's you know, it it shows how these sort of span continents and and nationalities um but, you know, we, we all have a lot of the, the same sort of common story uh, ideas to, to tell.
1: Yeah, it's interesting right now. I'm reading through the old, the original like Lone Wolf and Cub manga from the I think from the 60s and 70s and uh, how much that influenced like comics nowadays is amazing, like Western comics mm-hmm. uh, like there was that that book seemed to just sort of like inspire massively like frank miller and all those like really great artists going into the 80s and you can kind of see a little bit of that here like that classic manga feel to it like and you're you're familiar with akira too like there's sort of some of that feeling to these pages as well too like this like life Mm -hmm. you know that you get in here um in uh like almost like against like cinematic quality i guess like you get that from like otomo's stuff in akira big time mm-hmm. you know um and those sort of archetypal poses and archetypal characters and things that yeah are pretty amazing
0: yeah i i i could see that um you know uh akira is a uh is a very sort of dense read but it's also sort of a very fast read there's a lot of you know uh yeah panels without descriptions, you know, reaction shots. So you, you know what the character is sort of thinking without having to to, to say it out loud. Um, or if there is a is a as a panel with you know some captions, it's it's like one caption and then you sort of like move on. There's not a lot of like uh like you know I think we brought up this point be- before, but like a Bendis book where like all the Avengers are sitting at the table sort of like having like a mission brief or a debrief where it's just sort of like 36 panels that you are or, or balloons that you weave your way through to get to, to the end of the panel. Um, it's almost like uh, I, I, like a lot of like saga sort of reads that way to me. It's like quick, like in, out and keep moving. So it had a lot of feel of, of, of that as well. Yeah. And we'll get into it right. Like on the third page of the book,
1: or I guess the fourth page. So you have, like, you talked about that page that has the, oh, even on the second page, you know, the pacing of the book is really brisk. Like it's not a very long read, but it's a very enjoyable read from start Mm -hmm. to finish. Like you feel, you feel satisfied and still wanting more by the end of the book. Like you feel like you get your money's worth, but there are a lot of panels that are just sound effects and people like close up on people or walking or doing action poses or something like that like the second page has uh two panels with uh dialogue or a narration box and the rest are just sound effects on the other ones so you read through them pretty fast
0: yeah and i like the way that these third these first like three to four pages are sort of this uh almost like this prelude before our, our main character walks into town. But then we make sure to circle back and sort of bring that, that storyline in to, to, to help us conclude this, this first issue.
1: Yeah. And uh, not to get too off topic, but do you know who uh, uh, Suki Shan, Chan, Chan's, um, like who, who she's supposed to be in the Marvel universe? I, I was trying to pin her down, but I couldn't figure it out
0: uh is this the this is the 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 little female character that we meet at the beginning of the book yeah yeah i do not know
1: yeah i wonder if this is supposed to be mariko then you know like sort of a mariko stand-in that we get at the end
0: is that that would be interesting I don't know. yeah um yeah. that would be interesting so our um our, our sort of our, our samurai or our sword for hire walks into to town. Um, and uh, she has she has her dog with her and she she passes uh, uh, crosses paths with the little girl. Uh, what was her name again? The the girl, it's uh, Suki. Suki, so Suki yeah, is, is Suki or, or Suki, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's the magneto, magneto question. So, <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah but uh you know they sort of you know she feels uh the the warrior in on the what's going on in the town um and then she sort of is going to trade her services for for you know staying in town um so what do you think about the interaction of introducing sort of our our main well actually i don't know if this is our main character if this is sort of our our I, I maybe this is the character we're going to follow through the, the series of books, but we're going to sort of have a main sort of protagonist in each issue separately.
1: I loved it, and I like how they characterized. Um, I love that we get to sort of like uh, audiencer get through Suki, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that to be sort of the observant character that you sort of witness the world through. Um, I like how it's sort of reversed normally in like a story like this, like you're like, you were talking about that sort of like Western idea when you have like a character, like a little kid, like running up and being all excited about like the gunslinger, Mm -hmm. that's sort of like the wide eyed kindly character. And then the gunslinger character is sort of like the cold hardened one, but it's reversed here where uh, Psylocke is this very like sweet, like gentle warrior. And then uh, Suki's like the hardened, uh, like angry, angry one out of the ones out of the bunch of them, and is also like very uh, short with her dialogue and everything.
0: Yeah. So um, as the story continues, uh, the, our, our, you know, we it, we're introduced to to the problem in town, um, and that's uh, this this uh, large serpent that the, the folks call uh, Venom uh you know this was a lot of fun to just see the little sort of easter eggs that are dropped in the marvel universe in here like the dog's name is logan uh and it does something later it does something later that's very uh very logan-esque which the next book we're going to talk about does does that as well so um yeah uh but they, they they go and they uh it seems like the town has this character that is uh sort of uh just promising deeds and, and magic to them for, you know, goods and services. Uh, and so what do you think about this part of the, 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 book here?
1: This one took me like two seconds to realize who it was, where I was like, I was like, who is this? And I was like, and then I just read like Juju. And I was like, Oh, it's Jubilee, you know? And then like, I looked at her and I saw like all the, the, the pink eyeliner and stuff like that, like in, which is the stand-in for like the mask. Or her her glasses, I guess. The the
0: squared frame sort of pink glasses.
1: yeah. And I I loved that. And just like I loved Venom's, how they introduced him into the story. It's just cool to see kind of like, again, I'm going to be repeating what you said earlier. It's like, basically what, what Peach is showing is that like, it's cool to see these characters, these archetypes done in different ways, right? So this could be a Western, this could be anything. But there's just something nice about having a new voice telling it their own way in a mm-hmm. way that's important to them. So with this, the Marvel Universe through this authentic Japanese lens is so enjoyable. So, like, I think I realized how much I was enjoying it when uh, Juju showed up. And I was like, I- I'm really like I could read like four volumes of this graphic novel if they kept making them. It- yeah, it's so much fun. But wh- what did you think?
0: No, I, uh, I liked it. It was certainly sort of almost a, a bit of a, uh, you know, reading it through was not a curveball, but sort of just sort of a, like a side story where you expected it was going to be this, um, this confrontation between the Psylocke character and Venom. But then we got this little bit more of like the, the politics of the town is how it works. They had to go talk to this character first before there was able to um, uh take care of it and the the Psylocke character doesn't seem to have much uh faith in you know what Juju's saying or Juju's ability to actually you know come to a real sort of solution here
1: yeah I really like that and I like the uh the black panel borders on the page where they um they're trying to work out the solution for, uh, going after the serpent. Mm -hmm. I like that. That sort of adds weight to the page and what's happening. Um, that was really cool. And then I love, love what comes next.
0: Yeah. So they, uh, they go, um, they, uh, they head out uh, to, to the forest to, uh, to see, uh, I guess, you know, this takes us back to the, uh, the initial sort of story and, uh, the creature, that we saw sort of, you know, eating the, the villages, sort of animals uh, attacks, attacks Psylocke. Um, Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And I like the, the, the spin here that it could have been, you know, just a sort of uh, an evil creature of battle, but we, you know uh, we, we talk about character development and this is sort of like, they made you sort of uh, care about this, you know, this, this, this creature out in the woods, uh, through telling, or, you know, letting us find out that basically he was going in because he's trying to care for, uh, you know, his children and the sort of the the expansion of the town has sort of taken away his ability to sort of roam around in the forest, uh, unchecked and, and be able to hunt and gather. Um, so what did you think about the fact that we didn't really sort of get like a knockdown drag out fight. We sort of came to a bit of a, uh, a resolution and a team
1: up. I thought it was very, uh, it it paid a good homage to classic Marvel storytelling where you always have, you know, especially with the Hulk where you always start off with him when he's ever introduced into a new story, he's always the villain first Mm -hmm. and then he becomes the hero and he, he teams up with whatever superhero he's with. So whether it's Spider-Man or the Avengers or something like that, they always started out fighting him back in the classics. Mm -hmm. And then he teams up with them and helps them fight the big bad. So I loved that aspect of it. And um, but also they went the extra mile to make him more sympathetic, to sort of make you relate to why he's doing this in a very short amount of time. It was a lot of show. Don't tell. Right. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, all we had to do was see the, the little, the little Hulk and understand, Oh, that's why, you know, and we automatically sympathize and we don't hold anything against him. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, so many of those Bronze Age, Silver Age Marvel stories are. Yeah, you know, two of our our characters show up. Uh, they don't know each other quite so well at the beginning. They 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 trade a few they trade a few blows, and then they you know somebody says something to sort of give them insight into, you know, we're on the we're on the same page or we're on the same mission, and and then team up. So this is again classic. Uh, storytelling that we've seen a lot in 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 Marvel comics, so that's 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 pretty cool to, to see here.
1: It really is, and then the next action scene, which goes for pretty much almost up to the end of the book, is is also awesome superhero stuff.
0: Yeah, they 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 vanish the town of the the Venom uh, spirit on the on the serpent, and again, what's it, it, they're, they're able to do this through the aid of the, the Juju character in a very Jubilee-like thing. Um, you know, maybe not kinetic energy, but she, uh, she they, she's able to, to shoot off fireworks to sort of uh, break apart the, the Venom uh, you know, symbiote, which, again, uh, the Venom symbiote is very susceptible to, to, to loud noises. So uh, that ties in really well. Yeah. That was a cool little show.
1: Don't tell moment right there. Uh, And again, if you know your Marvel lore, you know what that means. So that was cool. Um, There's this one panel and I think you posted it on Instagram uh, where Psylocke is slicing through the symbiote with her sword and it's got this like purple flourish. I think it's at the, at the top of one of the right facing pages. Yes. That do do you, that image is wonderful. Like that's, like maybe my favorite panel in the book um, but what what do you think of the whole action scene
0: uh you know i liked it it was uh as we talked about it it has a lot of sort of tropes of of marvel comics. you know you you're fighting a you're fighting a venom symbiote you're going to get wrapped up in sort of the the tentacles of it. and it's going to try to to pull you in you know ripping it apart and stuff like that you know we have the actions of our our big brooding hulk character um yeah i i enjoyed it a lot and then we sort of have uh you know our berserker creature who throws caution to the wind and logan who who jumps in and and is you know saving folks at the the last uh or not the last moment but in sort of you know key moments of the battle and he he gets he gets wounded does he get wounded here or does he get wounded later
1: he got he gets wounded wounded here um like a couple pages in but yeah there's some great teamwork going on too between the the hulk and psylocke and then um suki and and logan uh there's some great uh like team stuff happening
0: yeah the 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 battle is 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 pretty uh is the the action scene is is pretty good and there's a lot of sort of uh know we see this a lot is sort of the the leaping and the jumping from one panel to the next you know you would see a lot of that in a a daredevil book but uh they're they're doing that here in in this scene so I, i i liked it and you know early on we were a lot of like square panels sort of like one two three four and then here as it's sort of going faster it's sort of uh diagonal panels you know not straight lines in the panel so it's it sort of makes it feel chaotic. It makes it feel faster. Um, you know, things are happening rapidly. So again, sort of the page design aspect of it. That's that's a really good uh, aspect here. Yeah, definitely. So they're eventually able to to defeat the uh, the Venom character, and the the town is uh, the town is uh, doing much better. Um, and the the creature is able to sort of come to to an agreement with the towns, and they know that his you know the his intentions weren't completely evil. He was you know trying to provide for his family. So we we tie up that first story with the, a resolution with the uh, the village people, uh, not <laughs> the the people of the village, so um, <laughs> not 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 the band. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we tie up that story and then, um, you know, as we're the last couple of pages, a classic, you know, the, the gunslinger has done his deed, her deed in this case, and it's time to, to move on to, to, to the next town. Um, what did you think about how we uh, sort of conclude and then we sort of uh, move our main character out, out of the town? I loved it. it kind of
1: it made like I said it was it's very satisfying. It's a very well done book because uh, it's just the right balance of story and action mm-hmm. throughout and to have a a final action sequence that goes on for you know over six pages is pretty great you know, great way to end the book and then to have a nice sort of send off for your your leads of the story. It, it just sort of, Like, again, it it makes you want more, but it's also, you're very satisfied just of where this issue ends. You know, it's, it's a very well done, complete story within, you know, the, the confines of your 22 page, your, your normal 22 page issue of a book. Um,
0: But yeah, what, what did you think? No, I, 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 I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. It, it, it moves us from the, the one, you know storyline of this story and it tells us that we're we're about to move on to to another adventure but this is where we get shortly after that this is where we cut to the the character reading the book in the bed and this is sort of the where we shift out for a second what did you think about turning the page and then getting this sort of jump cut to to somewhere else was it what is this was it a surprise to you
1: yeah, it was. I was. I was trying to figure out if this was a one shot or if this is an ongoing series, and then you get the answer when you flip the page, mm-hmm. and uh, that was awesome. Um, and you get some confusing things as well, I guess, because Mariko is a is a staple of like Wolverine comics, and uh, like especially from the eighties,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, then but then the Mrs. Kuroki comes in and she's got a black widow hairpin and, and she has like, like red hair, like like black widow does. So that was interesting too. So it added, it ended up having more questions like, you know, raised at the end of the book. And especially also if, um, the comic she's reading, it all plays into the real, like this universe as well, because of all of a sudden you, you get this sort of zoom out from the city she's in and you see, Wolverine I mean Logan the wolf looking through the you know looking through the trees at the city Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah no that's it's 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 really cool um I I didn't see the the black widow hairpin um so I'm glad that you brought that to my attention um yeah that was that was a really cool way to sort of let us know that there's more with and also let us know that maybe the more that we thought we were going to get is not what we should expect. Yeah.
1: And I'm uh, excited for Mariko now. I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking it up.
0: Yeah. So that was, uh, that was demon days. Number one. Um, I uh, I liked it and I, I will probably be there for, for more issues. Yep. Yeah, me de- Definitely yeah definitely me too
1: um i really loved at the end too that they had that sort of supplemental material where they they explained sort of the cultural significance of some of the archetypes represented in the story too so that was that was a cool little educational thing and yeah. i and i really enjoyed it
0: yeah i, I did too all right so now we had the much anticipated uh comic by keanu reeves uh you know, he 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 had the second yeah. most successful Kickstarter launch that day uh, for for this book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So uh-huh. this book, um, you know, it, it got a lot of press through the the Kickstarter. Um, and now it's available to anybody who I guess didn't back the Kickstarter that, you know, wanted to go into to their shop and pick it up. Uh, I think we hinted about this a little bit in our intro, um, but uh, what do you think about this book?
1: Um, It's fun while you're reading it, but you kind of close the book and you're just like, I don't care. (laughs) That kind of thing. Like That's like the first thought is just like, Uh, it reads nice and it's smooth and it kind of i think that's mostly due to matt Mm kent being a part of matt kent and ron garney being attached to this like both of them are just really good at what they do but there's just nothing original to this book at all you know like there's just i don't think there's anything unique to this whole thing um besides just ron garney being a good storyteller and matt kent being a good storyteller but it just it just is it doesn't give anything new to anyone really um as a, as a complete story at least for me but I, yeah what well, what about you what are your thoughts
0: uh pretty similar i i i i i read it and i enjoyed it you know it's it's action-packed it's it's fast but each time i i saw something that you know internally i sort of groaned a little bit uh you know it was like okay he's wolverine he's john wick he's vandal savage he's immortal yeah he's like the old guard he's you know uh you know somebody who can't die that's doing these these black op operations for you know for hire or for for some sort of government uh agency uh you know much like in the old guard you know the the the, the weight of living so long and 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 losing people they i don't know if they even go into that much detail here it's just like I'm immortal, and I don't want to be immortal anymore. I just want to die. Like it's not really explained as well as it is sort of like with the, the old guard where we, and I, I know that I'm comparing like one issue to, to a trade and, in, in what I saw in the film, but like, so maybe we'll get a little bit more of that, but so far we, we really haven't got enough of, of that. But like, I read the old
1: guard issue by issue when it came out. And I was like sucked in from the start Um, because I think of the ideas behind, um, you know, these like immortal warriors. And also I think Leandro Fernandez's art is sort of unique as well. Mm -hmm. Like I I love Ron Garney, but he's not like, he's kind of, uh, he is his own artist, but he's also very much so in line with like, your adam cuba Kuber, your Kubert brothers and the like john romita jr mm-hmm. and you know like sort of like the frank miller proteges you know and he might be one too technically i don't know much about ron garney but the but i think i think a big part of what the old what makes the old guard work is that there's an interesting concept behind of uh them not being able to die and them mm-hmm. being around for so long and having these really cool intercutted intercuts between like past battles and present, and then um, having Leandro Fernandez's art just be just super kinetic and his panel layouts are just nothing like nothing you've ever seen. It's a very unique voice um, in the art, uh, even though you, even though we've had like these like immortal stories told before um whereas this book it it feels like yeah like you said it feels like wolverine and it feels like you know if john Romita jr drew wolverine that kind of thing you know it's uh and we've seen john ramita jr draw wolverine um doesn't yeah. mean it's not bad like, that's bad really it's just sort of just nothing just like i said doesn't give you anything new
0: yeah i i i yeah i i had enjoyment you know reading it and and just watching the action but again similar to you every time i saw something and you know we're all sort of products of of our influences but to sort of have so much that's almost like directly taken from it like he jumps he jumps out of the helicopter without a parachute i mean how many times have we seen Captain America jump out of a, 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 an aircraft without a, uh, without a parachute. Um, and they even do the, they even, when, when he's in the, when he's in the building, um, is he trying to extract information from somebody, he does the old guard thing where they, they jump out the window and they, and they, they fall to the street and they crash through the car like it's, it's the yeah. same, it's the same, it's the same move. Yeah, it is, and there's even a
1: like a he he even does the Sin City thing, which is in the first issue of Sin City with Marv, where he runs up towards the car and he jumps and he he pushes his boots through the windshield like into the guy,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: like not shot for shot, but that is an action scene from Sin City, you know, like an exact move, like almost like pace like paste exactly the same that action shot um and yeah. I, and again though but like it, it's it's paced really well though like for how derivative it is and um i guess like if we want to say like uh i don't know like it, it just sort of i think maybe the interesting thing i guess that i wish maybe they would have delved into deeper is like a kind of like what the old guard did where it showed that these characters from the start can change internally, right? Like there can be a difference between like, that's the whole point of that book is that um, the main character is different now than she was hundreds of years ago. And that's sort of what the whole point of intercutting is about is like, this is what I wish I had known then. And this is what I know now. And this is why it's important. Mm -hmm. And there's some of that here too, where like talking to the therapist where the therapist keeps bringing up like, oh, there's something different about you now though, which kind of draws upon sort of like the Wolverine archetypes where you're like, okay, we know the immortal stories about just how it weighs on the characters. But I don't think it was focused on enough is sort of like the difference of this guy not being like suicidal or something like that or, or not wanting to live like, That was the interesting thing. And it almost is like taking a backseat from the action. And I, and I wish, I wish maybe that that would have been the hook is like, you know, there's something different about you now. And maybe they could have done some flashbacks to like him being suicidal in other missions, like Mm -hmm. have him like ride up an atomic bomb, all like Dr. Strangelove or something like that, you know, like show him trying to kill himself, you know? that would have been interesting, you know, to be like a guy who just wants to die and uh, focus on that aspect as much as you are, these action scenes. Um, I guess from like, you're, you're a sci-fi lover and it kind of gets somewhat interesting when they get back to the lab in the end and they talk about how they're collecting samples for him to create more like him and he doesn't care, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Like, he's he's basically giving himself over to the government for them to figure out how to create immortal soldiers so that they can also figure out a way to kill him. Um, what, what did you think about that, I guess?
0: Uh, it's interesting in a way, but, you know, you would have to think, like, would he be concerned for or does he not care at all that this technology falls into the hands of 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 the wrong people like uh you know what's what's going to happen does he have no sort of moral compass other than you know he wants to 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 lose this um you know immortality and and not die like you know if you went you know if somebody captured steve rogers and was like i'm gonna try to pull samples of you to to make you know super soldiers he would bust out of there and be like no you can't do this i was the product of one experiment and we're really lucky in that uh you know i was picked because of the the moral character that i have that i i don't i don't abuse this power but like how can you be sure that somebody else with this won't uh you know make super soldiers like what if you know i don't want to you know I, i country x that's you know does all these terrible things they're the ones that perfect it first and you know or they, they just, you know, this company, you know, we we find out that this company is not actually what they're, what they, what they say they are, you know, they're sort of a black ops off the books record, but actually it turns into be like an evil corporation. Like, would you, would you have any concerns there? And it doesn't seem like he has any concerns at all.
1: No. And that doesn't make him very sympathetic. And I get maybe why they want to differentiate themselves from like, uh like bloodshot which is also that's sort of like his big thing is that he doesn't want people recreating what he has mm-hmm. or or even that's the big thing in old guard too where they're like we don't want you know like you can't you don't want what we have like we're the only ones who should be allowed to have it and we don't know why we have it but we do mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah it's not very sympathetic for a character to basically not care about what happens like what, like basically is like doesn't care that the industrial war machine is taking something that could be potentially like a weapon of mass destruction and putting it in the hands of a government right
0: you know yeah, like they-
1: it's just uh, it's, uh, it's that doesn't that's not like like as much as i love trying to read it from keanu reeves voice it's not enough for me to want to read more about this character after i know that about him
0: yeah, if you've had sort of this terrible experience of of losing so many loved ones through your life, and and still being there, if they're able to extract this, you know, ability from you and put it into somebody else, you're just subjecting somebody else to sort of have to live for so long and lose so many people that it that it wears on them to to this point. So you're, it, it doesn't. It, it's it's really difficult to sort of from a story point sort of wrap your head around
1: yeah again and then it it even makes sort of the ending basically like where it's like i remembered my birth and we're like well you're an asshole why would we care that kind of thing it's like it's like we don't want to know your life story you're clearly a bad person (laughs) you know um
0: so he's
1: an unoriginal bad person basically uh the berserker
0: yeah, like oh. if you think about it, like if you think about it, if you put the if you put the Punisher like in that scenario, like he would have gone out and taken out all the bad guys. And yeah. I don't know, do they do they fully show us if uh, he takes out the child that's there?
1: No, that was like a sniper kills the kid okay. because they don't want that. And that was the thing that was the change was that he didn't um, when he like he didn't kill the kid like he hesitated before Mm -hmm. he killed the kid which i may, may maybe the only redeeming thing that that's sort of about him but like again i can't get over the fact that this guy's like selling himself to be a weapon of mass destruction basically like that's that's like okay but like you got to think in the long run you're not saving that kid's life or another kid's like him if you're going to just be giving this to the people who assassinated that kid on the spot, right? It's like, like he doesn't protest it at all. Like he doesn't get mad about them assassinating the kid or anything. Like he just hesitates and then they shoot the kid. and He doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah, like um, to to go back to sort of my Punisher example. Like the, if Frank right. would have gone in there, taken out the the target, the, you know the the person he thought that was a wrongdoer, he would have saw that kid there and he would have done whatever he could have to get that kid out of there. And, or yeah. if he or if he didn't get that kid out of there and that kid got shot he would have turned and beat the crap out of the guy who shot the the innocent kid and this guy doesn't even do either of those i mean in the and, and the Punisher, what... and the punisher's an anti-hero but like he's still yeah he still wouldn't stoop to the terrible levels that this guy does
1: and this is only the first issue we hate <laughs> this guy <laughs> like Um, and it's like we're like no this is the worst you like that's not a good first issue if by like the first issue you're like uh you know like why do we want to root for this guy like he's not he's not original enough to be compelling Mm -hmm. and then he's awful you Mm -hmm. know like he has no like you you want him to be like think he's cool which i guess he kind of is until the end and you're just like no he's he's a jerk like he's Mm -hmm. like he's evil um uh but like it's not enjoyably evil though that's the thing it's it's not compelling it's not uh it's not like Walter White right you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing who's like we we know he's awful but we still want to like he's compelling enough for us want to want to see what happens to him Mm -hmm. Um, or like Punisher right he's an awful person but There's a level of like, you know, of course, like sympathy for the devil, you know, in that, but just, and he's compelling enough. And you know, again, like something that, that kind of does this well is like, um, Rosenberg's first arc on Punisher where like Punisher got the war machine armor. And that was like more in line with the, the Peach Momoko book we just read where it's like, we're going to redo we're gonna stay true to these characters, but we're gonna do have like a different voice and like a different setting. We're gonna do something interesting with this this character. And again, it's not like you shouldn't do stories about immortal characters, but just do something new with it. Like give mm-hmm. us something, show us a different thing. So like, if you want us to do like if you want to focus on like a suicidal immortal character, give us the suicidal immortal character and like just show him like not fighting it that kind of thing like he he kills so many dudes mm-hmm. but we never get the fact that the idea that he's like actively trying to kill himself mm-hmm. like you know like i think it would have been cool to have seen him like i said be like diving into like plane propellers and stuff like that and seeing like that kind of thing you know
0: yeah but yeah So I don't think we'll probably ever know this, but what would be interesting is if we could get some sort of insight as to how many of these ideas came from Keanu and, you know, they, they went to the team and uh, you know, they might've been like, Hey boss, this is a little Wolverine. Hey boss is a little Vandal Savage. Hey boss. And they're, and they're just like, Mr. Reeves wants it uh, to keep going yeah
1: exactly and i'm guessing that's what a lot of it is like i think i'm guessing keanu reeves had a big budget idea for a movie Mm -hmm. right you know like a long time ago he had the idea for this and he was like and he kept pitching it to like the wachowskis and everybody and they were just like no one's gonna want to pay money to make that movie you know and uh, he just kept pushing and pushing and then was like, oh, I'll make a comic first and then it'll become a movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he saw like the Marvel films and was like, "Well, that's how you do it. You make a comic first and then you do the movie." Or he saw Logan or something like that and was like, "I want to do that, But like I have to prove to the studios that it's worth investing in. So maybe maybe he sold the film rights to this once the Kickstarter became a success.
0: You know, that are, you know, the, the, the Mark Millar deal with, with Netflix, he could have pointed to, you know, all of these products were, you know, created by Mark Millar were comics. And now that he's got this sort of multi, you know, project deal with, with Netflix. So, you know, it could, he he might've lost the sort of aspirations to get it on the, the, the big screen, but, you know, there's, there's always the ability to, to put it on a streaming service yeah there is always that and i mean like i think
1: um yeah i mean again like i'm I'm not like saying that like i don't know it just feels like a uh celebrity vanity project in the end that's what berserker feels like you know yeah Um, and not a good one like purple rain or something like that you know
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't necessarily think I will be picking up any more. Um, you know, if we ever get, if we ever get back to to normal and I'm able to go through, through a cheapy bin and I can see them for, for a buck or two, and I can get a couple, I, I might check it out. But, uh, right now I just have too much other stuff that, that I would like to, to read. And, uh, you know i know that we have a lot of you know celebrity listeners and you know we're probably going to lose keanu after this one but we still have alan Moore, jim lee kevin foggy those guys
1: keanu you gotta understand the reason why you listen to us is that we don't (laughs) we don't mess around we just we just tell you how it is that's why everybody listens to us that or or all
0: three of you out there yeah, that or so. if the book or if the book picks up and the you know there's a rapid change in storytelling we we knew that kiana sort of took everything we said to heart you know called uh yeah. called a zoom meeting with the team and said hey guys we gotta we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta make some changes after uh if issue one i have some new ideas they have enough money
1: to do that you know they they made a lot with that kickstarter they did. so
0: you know yeah. awesome um, well Uh, so I guess from here, we'll be doing more demon days, but I, I don't think we'll be doing any more berserker reviews. Yeah, I don't think so. Awesome. So, uh, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts, any, uh, final statements you want to, you want to make before we close up? Um, I'm, I'm watching, uh, while we're talking, I'm just sort of
1: lightly watching a live stream of peach momoko. And I'm pretty sure
0: peach is a woman cool so there we go nice thanks that's yeah I, I i would love to to see the 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 process there i'd assume there's a lot of uh, yeah i'll send you this a lot yeah. of brushes a lot of uh painting and
1: stuff like that oh yeah it's beautiful watching her work it's it's the, it's just inspiring uh, her watercolor stuff so yeah you'll you'll have to check it out
0: awesome all right, so that's going to do it. Uh, that was your review of Demon Days One and uh, Berserker One. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could please give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Com Pod, Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also, um, you know, coming up here very soon, there's going to be the release of paranormal hitman 2 from behemoth comics um and i have a short story a a two-pager in that one um as well as three and four which we'll be following in the months to come i'm gonna have links to uh the previews pages for that in the show notes as well as to links to our social media i would like to thank everybody for listening uh please be nice be safe and go out there and make some original comics thank you